Hey there, I'm Scott Bertram, and I'm the director of the Hillsdale College Podcast Network. This show and all the other shows on the network are listener-supported. That means we hope for, we count on, frankly, we rely on the support of listeners like you to make our educational outreach possible. One of the best and most convenient ways to do so is joining the Liberty and Learning Society. That's our exclusive monthly giving group. And in this month of March, we are looking for 300 new members of the Liberty and Learning Society. When you join, you'll help defend liberty through education, and you'll make shows like this one possible far into the future. All you have to do is visit hillsdale.edu slash monthly and complete the secure online donation form. If you need to pause or stop your gift at some point, no problem. Just call us. One of our friendly students or staff will help you. But today, will you be one of the 300 new members of the Liberty and Learning Society in March? Go to hillsdale.edu slash monthly to join the Liberty and Learning Society today. Help us bring these shows to you and other Americans at hillsdale.edu slash monthly. Hello and welcome to this edition of Beyond the Bubble. I'm Ben Dietrich and this podcast is brought to you by Hillsdale College Career Services. Hi, I'm here with Alex Mexicott. He is a graduate of the class of 2016 currently. He works for Salsify, where he focuses on business development. He's a consultant there. Alex, thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the time and the offer here. Absolutely. So I'm excited to talk to you tonight because you know you were involved in a lot of different things that I think students at Hillsdale are still involved with today, and you know a lot of different niche groups. For one, you were a student athlete. You also majored in economics. You had a minor in psychology, which is interesting given the the sales route that you took. And let's start with sales primarily, since that's really what you've been focusing on. And it looks like you did quite a bit of work um, leading up to that during your time at Hillsdale as well. Why did you decide to take the sales route and how did you prepare for that during your time at Hillsdale? So I always had a window into the sales world. My dad was in sales, um, works for Cisco Systems. So I had a glimpse in what it would uh, what it would entail, basically, and I thought I had the basic skill set to be successful at it. And I was pretty purposeful with um, the, the majors that I chose to better understand or better prepare for sales, since there wasn't any kind of specific sales program at Hillsdale. But I chose the economics route and the psychology route. And the way I saw it was economics was the study of human action, and psychology was the study of human thought. So it was pretty incredible to see how much overlap there was between the two classes and to try and get a full understanding in the way pretty much human beings work. Because the entire idea of selling is to understand where people are coming from, understand their pains, their frustrations, and to understand the solution in enough detail and tie it back into those pains. So I always thought that was a a pretty interesting career choice and it's kind of a game in a way to find people who are who have a certain type of problem that what you have could solve. And with the internships that I've been taking and now in the position that I'm in, I've been pretty much entirely in the sales world, the sales world. And tell us a little bit more about those internships you took at Hillsdale. I know there's a lot of different ways you could approach a sales internship depending on the type of company that um, you land with. You know, you could be working at a bigger company where you're really just helping out the salespeople, or you could be working for one of those companies where you're in fact selling products. Um, what was the route you took 
Uh, what did you learn from it? So this was one of the points I was going to bring up is that pretty much every single one of the internships I had, I utilized my network in some way. Um, the earlier internships I had were connections that my dad had and getting into those companies and finding opportunities in the sales and marketing world. Um, family friends of mine that for the following summer had had uh, had been looking out for me, and I had an opportunity to to start cold calling for a company, this very small company that was starting up. Um, and then finally, I was using career services and was speaking with someone who I knew from the baseball team that I was on, and ended up getting it into Thomson Reuters, where I had a, a very official kind of sales internship that way. And the whole point was. I really, really utilized my network for all of those. Um, I kind of went at it alone for my first job out of college, but in order to get into this company, Saltify, that I'm in now, um, I, I always tell people this. I actually applied the traditional route online, submitted my resume, and got rejected. And then what I ended up doing is I found out that someone that I knew worked at Saltify. I reached out to her. She put in a word for me, and then within 24 hours, I got a call from, from HR. So... You, wow. Utilizing your network is the way to get a job now, and I just cannot stress it enough, wh whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's just word of mouth with your personal network, that is the way to, to find a job because companies are – from someone that's come from the recruiting world myself, companies are really stressing out about how do you screen through so many people who are applying to jobs, and the easiest way is to just ask someone who you know – who they would recommend working there. It's by far the best way you can do it. And if you can get good at utilizing your network in all, all shapes, pretty much, you're going to do really well. So you apply for a job at, let's say, a company. This could be anybody out there that's listening that's thinking about this. And you know somebody at that company. How do you approach them about the fact that you're applying for a job at the company in a professional way without sounding too forward? So the way I had always gone about it was, you know, stay in touch with your network as much as you can. Uh, for the people I didn't, I didn't know as well, I would reach out on LinkedIn and say, hey, uh, I'm kind of looking at this particular company or this particular career path. I saw that you were at this company. Would love to get your take on your experience over there. Go at it in an indirect route rather than reaching out and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Can you put in a good word for me? The, the key here is to get people on the phone or get time to sit down with them, talk with them, and just be genuinely curious about the company, about the position, about career in general. And what you'll typically find is if someone uh, would like to, you can kind of lead down the path of, you know, does this company offer some type of referral? And if so, could you help me out doing that? But the key is to st start sitting down with people, ask questions, get curious, learn as much as you can about the work world, and you'll be surprised how much will just fall into your lap in terms of opportunities. So in addition to having a strong network, um, what other aspects do you think you gained from your experiences you know, before you got your first job that helped you land that first job? What I think is interesting about sales is that there are aspects of sales in pretty much any career and any walk of life. Um, you're always selling in a way. You're always trying to convince someone of something and trying to solve problems, basically. So what my recommendation would be to anyone, regardless if they're going into the business world or sales specifically, is learn how to sell. And what a lot of people don't realize that a really good salesperson, you know, the, uh, the negative connotation is pretty much a salesperson 
talks and talks and talks endlessly. But the sign of a good salesperson is someone who can, who can ask really, really good thought-provoking questions and can get people to realize their pain, can lead someone to their to the problems that they're having rather than showing them and telling them that they have problems. So asking good questions is a foundational aspect of someone who's good at sales. And it's crucial to anyone, whether you're in, in a company, you're not even externally facing, whether you're in a completely different career path, there's always aspects of that asking good questions, asking good questions, seeking to understand and leading people down and to think critically and maybe come to your point of view if you're trying to argue a point. So always, I, I would just very much stress, learn how to sell. And, uh, you know, a way to do that is to uh, get into uncomfortable situations. It is very difficult to ask people to do things for you or to challenge their thoughts or to cold call, in my, opinion, in, in my experience, very, very uncomfortable. But you learn so much about um, trying to uncover people's pains and ultimately learning how to solve problems when you better understand where they're coming hmm. from. Now, at Hillsdale, they offer um, business degrees, marketing, um, among other business degrees. Economics, I guess it kind of falls under that, but it's a little bit different. Um, why did you decide to major in, in economics and then also do the psychology minor? So I was actually a marketing manager for two weeks at Hillsdale, and that was right when I was taking my introductory microeconomics 101 class. And w when I was taking that class, it just, it really, really resonated with me. And I still use um, foundational aspects of economics in my day-to-day -day thought. And I just thought it was, it was so foundational and it was, it was a foundation for the way that you would think about problems, thinking on a multifaceted way um, that I was just totally hooked in the beginning. And that's what, that's what I loved about it. People think that economics is studying the economy, studying money, and there are aspects of that. But what I loved about microeconomics was, uh, back to my earlier thought, uh, point, it was studying human action, it's understanding how people work. And that is so foundational to being successful in life that, that there are so many aspects within economics that I still think back to and still influences my thought today. So if anyone's on the fence out there, I would strongly recommend looking more into an economics major because, again, I just thought it was – it might not seem practical in the sense right now, but, again, the foundational aspects of economics can help you just be a critical thinker, which is so important. Mm -hmm. How much would you say your major comes up in conversations that you have when you're applying for a job? I'd say over time, less and less. Um, especially in, within your first job, definitely a factor. But going back to being able to, I would say as time goes on, the, the major matters less and less and your experience matters more. But I know I, I talked a lot about the influence of economics on me. I, I, I would urge people to not try too hard or worry too much about their major Pick a major that you enjoy. What I would say you would need to figure out is every major has strengths and weaknesses, and what you need to learn is how to sell on the strengths of each of those majors. So if you're applying for a job, ultimately the company is trying to solve a problem by getting someone into that position. Understand what problem that they are trying to solve. Understand what your strengths are, what your experience is in that major, and be able to talk to the, those problems that they're trying to solve coming from that 
that point of, of strength. So again, learning how to sell yourself, learning how to sell your strengths, understanding what it is that a company is trying to accomplish, they're all going to be aspects that are foundational to ultimately getting a job that you want, regardless of what type of uh, industry that it's in. In addition to what you learned from your economics major at Hillsdale, what other things do you think you, you've learned that if you were to start over again, entering the job field for the first time, you wish you would have known? Uh, I wish I had read a little bit more about um, the markets that I wanted to go into. It is super important, I realize, the more I read every day, um, any of the, the email newsletters that I get within specific industries that I find valuable, that I find interesting, that when you're talking with someone, it's always a test. You know, if there are ways that you can show people that you have a, a certain level of understanding, it can respect you more, you can be more highly uh, viewed in their eyes, you can build rapport. And I, I always found that it's within my first job, the more I learned about the industry that I was in, the more rapport I was able to build with people, the more respect that they had for me and the farther along that I could get. And that's especially important. And, you know, you're talking about, let's say, the corporate world, for example. You want to give managers any kind of um, key, basically, to see that you are someone that they would trust in a promoted position. So going out, reading yourself, studying, being aware of the market, being aware of challenges that are going to be important to solve when you're getting into a new position, just read as much as you can about the areas that are important there and areas that you're interested in. You'll be surprised how much that will just come up in conversation and you'll kind of blow people away. Just people, that's what's awesome about the Hillsdale education. You're just so used to reading so much. It comes right. so naturally to just read for 15, 20 minutes every morning, and you will be so much farther ahead than everyone else who is just there to collect a paycheck. So the more that you can do that little bit of supplementary reading, read a book on a specific topic that's important to your industry or that you're interested in, subscribe to a newsletter that's specific to your industry, just stay in touch with that, and you'll just be surprised how often that will come up, and it will it will stick in people's minds and managers' minds when it comes to all right. We need to give this person more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I also see that you're currently located in Boston. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. So, I'm in the city now. And is that where you intended to be originally? Where Where did you first start? And you know, did you get the first city that you were looking for? Well, I knew that I wanted to work somewhere outside of Michigan. Um, so. Backing up here, my I'd been long distance with my girlfriend all through college, and she was going to school up in Maine and mm. was going to be working in Portland, Maine, which is about two hours from Boston. Um, and com coupled with wanting to be outside of Michigan and wanting to be in technology, Boston seemed like the obvious choice. Um, so when Texasans actually reached out to me after I finished my internship in the summer, and I asked them, I was interested in the Boston office and ended up just applying through that office specifically. So that's why, you know, I didn't utilize my network there. They actually reached out to me and I was very lucky because it can be very difficult to find jobs in another city where you don't have those connections. You can't really utilize your, your network as strongly. You would be surprised how, how many people do actually have connections into cities that, that are far away, but, um, I, I ended up going from scratch there, and it was actually really, really difficult to start from scratch, build up a network from scratch. That that took a lot of time, and 
I learned the hard way on how difficult it was to get anything done or to advance different places without having a network, um, which is why I stress it so much. Yeah, and you know, I think that first job coming out, that's when you really kind of depend on things like a network, which can be hard, like you said. Mm -hmm. You're a new graduate, and it sounds like you got your first job through an internship. So you did an internship after your senior year, is that correct? So I, after my senior year, going into my fifth year, so since I was on the track team, I had okay. another year of eligibility. I took a fifth year, and then uh, yeah, after my true senior year, I took an internship, and that actually led to this com- the Tech Systems, which is the the company that hired me straight out of college. Um, they reached out to me because I took that internship. Um, so it is it is actually pretty important to get those things on your resume beforehand, and it can open up a lot of doors for you after you graduate. Very cool. And are you on the hub right now, Alex? Yes, I am. Great. And are you cool if students want to reach out to you on the hub? Is that okay? Absolutely. I've set up a few calls that way. So, um, like I said, I was in the recruiting industry, so I know a lot of the, the good and bad things about the hiring world, and I'd be more than happy to, to give tips for people who are uh, looking to navigate that. And that was Alex Mexicot. So you can reach out to him, as he just mentioned, on the hub. Um, He's got some great tips. Alex, thank you so much for talking to us this evening. Thank you again. Thank you. So thanks for listening to this edition of Beyond the Bubble. This podcast has been brought to you by Hillsdale College Career Services. We hope you check out our other episodes on Facebook or on the Hillsdale College website. Until then, good night.